0: de nostram dexteram tuam maestatis extendi. Stretch forth the right hand of thy majesty to defend us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I should first of all call your attention to the notices that were posted on the doors of the monastery at the principal entrance of the priory and at the gatehouse. I thank you for abiding strictly by the dispositions that we have been obliged to, to take for reasons of health and for the safety of our own community and of our guests. You will have noted that no more than 12 people are permitted to be in the gallery at any given time and that four people may remain in the entrance hall. There are some of our um, regular uh, mass attenders and familiars of the monastery who are assisting from outdoors. It seems almost as if we have going... We're going back to the time of the Mass Rocks, doesn't it? I would remind you that uh, an enclosed monastery is a family home and that we, like any family, have to take uh, precautions uh, for the health of the members of the family, and this we're trying to do, and like any family, We have our close friends. Those of you who live near the monastery, those of you who participate regularly in the life of the monastery are, of course, welcome to worship with us. But we are giving priority to those persons who are close friends of the monastery, familiars, and those who have, over the past eight years, in one way or another, participated in our life. I spoke yesterday to his Lordship of Meath and he reminded me that a certain number of our diocesan priests are over 75 years of age and in compromised health. The dispositions that have been taken concern not only the lay faithful but also the clergy of our diocese because if our dear priests laboring in the vineyard fall to this illness, the priests of the diocese could be decimated. We don't have many young priests. We don't have many priests in good health. And it it came as something of a shock to me when his lordship said that a certain number of our clergy are over 75 and in compromised health. And so we want to protect the relatively few active priests we have until this scourge uh, is <coughs> eliminated or passes us by. <clears throat> For the rest, here at Silver Stream, uh, the divine office will continue to be sung. This is our principal duty, as enclosed monks, to assure that the Church has a regular heartbeat, and the heartbeat of the Church is the divine office, the rhythm of the hours, matins, lauds, prime, terse, sext, known, vespers, compline—that that is, eight times a day, day after day, without interruption, Our principal duty as monks is the worship of the Divine Majesty in the enclosure of the monastery. In addition to the Divine Office, our way of responding to the present crisis is by having solemn exposition and adoration of the Most Blessed Sacrament every day from after the Conventual Mass until 9 o'clock at night. This is our way of participating, if you will, in the national and international effort. I call your attention to the collect of today's Mass. It is a remarkable instance of the liturgical providence of God. I often speak of that. That is to say that God gives us at any given moment exactly the prayer that he wants us to utter exactly the prayer that he is poised to answer. And what does the collect of this third Sunday of Lent? Quesumus omnipotens Deus. The prayer begins with that word quesumus, which means we beseech thee. So it's a prayer that implores A prayer of intense supplication. Quesumus omnipotens Deus. We often address God in this way. Omnipotens Deus, almighty God. But do we reflect on what it means? God to whom, for whom, nothing is impossible. Omnipotens Deus. Vota humilium respice. Look to the supplications, the prayers, the petitions. That vota means all of that. Look to the supplications of thy humble people. Now, humilium, It can mean those who are praying out of the humility that is the proper and the only right attitude of creatures in the presence of the thrice holy God. But it has another meaning. It means those who have been brought low. Those who have been laid low or Brought to their knees or cast down to the ground means all of that, you see. And this certainly describes the national and international situation. The world leaders are being brought willy-nilly to their knees. Find themselves quite helpless. And this may be a salutary thing for Ireland and for the world. We have to pray to God out of our profound humiliation, admitting that we are incapable of dealing with this crisis with merely human means look upon the desires of thy people who are brought low vota humilium respice and then we have this phrase atque ad defensionem nostram and also to defend us dexteram tue maestatis extende. Stretch forth the right hand of thy majesty. Now this phrase is rich in significance for anyone who knows the Bible. The right hand of God in the Bible signifies... God's intervention, God's action, God's doing something. His right hand, the right hand, is the hand of strength, of divine power. And we ask him to stretch forth the right hand. it says, the right hand of thy majesty. But what does that mean? Atque a defensionem nostram dexteram tue maestatis extende. Stretch forth the right hand of thy majesty. That word majesty here means thy Godhead, thy divinity, thy divine power, thy omnipotence. It means all of these things when we speak in this context of the majesty of God. And so the collect of this Mass, taken in the context of what's happening in Ireland and in the world, this collect of the third Sunday of Lent takes on a tremendous meaning. Now, you might want to imitate us monks, because we will pray the collect today, not just once at Mass, at at terse, at sext, at none, and at vespers. We will repeat the collect six times today. Why do we repeat prayers? Is it because God is hard of hearing? I don't think so. It is so that by dint of repetition, the prayers we say descend From our heads into our hearts and therefore can be presented to God as a prayer that is wholly expressive of what he looks for in us. Humility, utter confidence, faith, hope, and charity. This is why we repeat certain prayers. And so we're going to be saying this prayer throughout the day, and I would invite you to say it with us. Take your missal home, find the collect of the third Sunday of Lent, and pray it. It's an extraordinarily appropriate prayer for today. And one other thing. If you're fortunate enough to have a missal, you will probably have already found in the section of the votive masses, towards the back of the Missal, a special mass for deliverance from mortality or in time of pestilence. This is a mass that was composed for plagues, so that this special mass might be offered in times of mortality, pestilence, plague, widespread illness. Now, this particular mass has been in the Roman Missal since 1570, but it only got into the Missal in 1570 because it was there long before that. It's a very ancient mass (coughs) that we find in the oldest sacramentaries of the Roman Rite. I would invite you to meditate, that means to read over and over and over again, to meditate the texts of this particular Mass until they sink down into your hearts. The introit, taken from the second book of Kings, Be mindful, O Lord, of thy covenant, and say to the destroying angel, Now hold thy hand, and let not the land be made desolate, and destroy not every living soul. That's a mighty prayer in the circumstances. I leave it to you to meditate the other texts, The offertory for that particular Mass refers to the intercessory function of the priesthood. It's taken from the Book of Numbers, chapter 16. The high priest stood between the dead and the living. Having a golden censer in his hand and offering the sacrifice of incense he appeased the wrath of God and the affliction from the Lord ceased every priest stands before the altar on behalf of the people behind him and he stands between the dead and the living to make intercession not only by offering a sacrifice of incense but by offering the immolated body and blood of the immaculate lamb our Lord Jesus Christ. And the last part of that Mass in time of pestilence to which I would draw your attention is the communion antiphon. It's taken from the sixth chapter of St. Luke. This is an antiphon that we sing sometimes here at Silver Stream at exposition of the most blessed sacrament. A multitude of sick, And they that were troubled with unclean spirits came to him. For virtue, virtue here means divine power, understand divine power, virtus means divine power. For virtue went forth from him and healed all. Quia virtus de illo exhibat et sanabat omnes for divine power went out from him and healed them all. In having the solemn exposition of the most blessed sacrament here, uh, during this time of crisis, I put all my faith in this word of the Gospel. Quia virtus de ilo exibat? For divine power went forth from him and healed them. Know this, that divine power goes forth from the adorable body of Christ in every tabernacle in Ireland. Every church, wherein the most blessed sacrament is present, is a center of healing. More efficacious than our finest hospitals. We have the word of God for that. Virtue went forth from him and healed them all. People realize this, that in every village where there is a church and in every church where there is a tabernacle, our Lord Jesus Christ is as truly present as he was in the days when he walked the earth. And still today and always, virtue goes forth from his sacred person, bringing healing to those who put their faith in him. The real center of urgent care in every village in Ireland is the church. And the hub of that center of urgent care is the tabernacle. And this should give us an immense hope. In the name of the Father and of the Son.